Welcome to the Family Alpha Podcast, a place where men, families, and the truth have a voice. The information shared on this podcast is meant to be applied. Now, here is your host, Zach Small, founder of thefamilyalpha.com and co-founder of thefraternityofexcellence.com. Let's get to work. Welcome to another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Small, and today we're talking part two of my hunting trip, my hunting takeaways. Yes, it was such a quality trip. The last podcast I recorded right after I got home, I listened to it and I could I could hear it. I was tired. You know, I had just gotten home. I had just seen the family, everything. You know, I'm doing this challenge where I'm doing 31 podcasts in a row for 31 days. And so I had to knock that day out and I saved it for that day. So it wasn't a, a, a planning issue. I wanted to do a podcast, so I saw everybody, we got all settled in, and then I jumped on behind the mic, and I recorded something to kind of get the fresh feelings, but after I listened to it, I was like, man, I'm still having all these insights, so I wanted to share the rest, and this will be the last hunting you know, breakdown, or at least uh, the last insights from it, but I, I'll look to continue hunting, definitely talk outdoors, definitely, I'm going to do it again for sure, so that's absolutely happening, and then maybe I'll get a few hunters on here to talk about their experiences, why they hunt, you know, things of that nature. But honestly, that is, I'm 33 years old. That's the first time I went hunting, you know, and for those who this is their first episode listening to this podcast, uh, two days ago from today, I went on my first hunting expedition at 33 and it was awesome. We didn't catch anything, <laughs> but it was still awesome. I know somebody's going to ask and I hate saying it because it was so cool and I wish I did. I know I wish we had gotten something, but even though we didn't, it was still badass. So that, that's a testament to how awesome of an event it was. But with that all said, uh, today I want to talk about men and fraternities. I want to talk about alcohol. I want to talk about TV, silence, and then how selfishness can lead to a reprioritization of your life. So let's dive in. First, men and fraternities. There are not too many male-only spaces out there in the world. If you look back in the past... That's just how it was. The young boys went out with the men. There was the agogi. There were these training pipelines. You know, girls did the girl things. That's how it was. And then those men went through their rite of passage and they became men. And they were with men. They, they shared certain aspects of their life with the men. And they shared certain aspects of their life with their children and their wife. And that's, that worked. And it was harmonious. Things were great. Fast forward to the Industrial Revolution. Fathers are taken out of the home. Fast forward beyond that. We have social media and electronics and the internet. Fast forward beyond that and we're here. Men don't have many outlets. The reason I run and co-founded the Fraternity of Excellence with Craig James, the reason we're running this this group in this uh, fraternal order, if you will, and linked below if you want to check it out, is because we realized men needed this. You know, when I left the military, I realized that I did not have that, that brotherhood any longer. That camaraderie was gone. I didn't have it with friends from high school. I didn't have it with, with new friends or neighbors or anything like that. You know, I was like, where did the men go? Like, the mission carried on without me. Like, what the hell? And for Craig, he was in the fitness industry, you know, working with men and women, but primarily men. And then he came out of it and he was leading families. He has Masculine by Design podcast, his blog, Masculine Design, all these things. He's crushing it. But he also saw, man, there are no groups for men. So we, we, we tag teamed, you know, we, we, we partnered up, joined forces, if you will, created the fraternity of excellence, and men have been thriving. They've been getting after it and crushing it. Men need male-only spaces. 
That's a necessity. That's not a want. That's not some misogynist or, or whatever the hell you want to call it. That's not some sort of negative thing to say. There are men's clubs. There, there are groups that men need to be a part of. Men should be a part of. You know, you there are certain things about being with men that you can't get by being with mixed groups. There are certain jokes you can't tell, certain, certain statements. I mean, there's any man listening to this knows when you're with your bros, you, nothing's off limits. You can say the things that you are not supposed to say. The PC police are not rolling in and you are much more likely to be insulted and, ha- and have your, your every part of your character assassinated than you are to get a pat in the back from the guys. But that's how you know they like you. It's when they stop talking shit that you have an issue. But that's something only men get. In a, a mixed group, they wouldn't make sense. You can't do that. It just it doesn't work. Men and women don't have the same sense of humor. And that's okay. You know, that, that's not a bad thing to say. Men and women are not equal. We are equivalents. Let that sink in. If we were equal, you wouldn't need any sort of hormone change or anything to become a female. The reason you need those things is because she has things you don't or you have things she doesn't. We're not equal. We're not the same. We're not, you know, clones. We are different. That's okay. We're complementary. We make one another better. Women should be with women-only spots. Men should have men-only spots. And for this hunting trip, it was hosted by an FOE man. And two other FOE men were with me. So there were four Fraternity of Excellence men in one cabin. You can only imagine what was said, what went down. It was basically laughing and talking shit from literally before sunrise to literally damn near midnight. 11.30, midnight, go to bed, wake up 4 o'clock, 4.30, start the day again. Rinse, wash, repeat for the weekend. It was awesome. <laughs> came home tired, but it was awesome. And guess what? I came home recharged. I came home better. I came home a better man because I went and I did something without my family with only other men. Men need stuff like that in their life. If you are a man who does not have that, or if you're a wife of a man who doesn't have it, you're probably listening to this to find out you know, my insights on family and you're trying to see what can you do to help him. What you can do is get him with other men. Get him to go out with the boys. Let him go do something, you know? And I say let him. I should have said that. It's not let him, but encourage him to do it. You're not his mom. You know, you you are his wife. You know, you're complimentary to him, like I just said. So if you're a woman listening, get your man out. <laughs> let him go. Drop him a link to the fraternity. Tell him you read it. You, you thought it would click well because he's a man in your eyes and you think he'd be interested in the group. If you're a man listening to this, you need to make this a priority. And we're going to talk about selfishness later, but you need to place yourself first. When I went on this, this weekend getaway, I wasn't there for my kids. I wasn't there for my wife. I wasn't there for the family. I was there for me. I went, took care of myself, came back, better man, energized, ready to kick ass and take name names. So that's men and fraternities. Now, the next thing that was interesting about that is while at the cabin, I'm sober. I've been, I'm over six months today, or not today, but I'm over six months. You know, I hit my six-month mark maybe last week. And the other guys knew that. I mean, obviously, they're in FOE, so I, I've shared with them. I've shared publicly what I've been going through. But these guys, none of them brought booze. None of them drank. And there's always this this stigma, I guess you will, of the men are going out. They're going to be drinking whiskey and smoking cigars and drinking beer. There were plenty of cigars. We had fantastic cigars. You know, the gents brought up some some solid, solid uh, smokes. I brought up my Padrones uh, 26s. It was great. You know, we had a good time smoking cigars, but no booze. And I don't think they just left the booze behind out of respect for me. I think, and I, I didn't ask. 
Maybe I will. But I think they left it behind because they just wanted to enjoy the weekend. You know, when you we're going there for hunting. We're waking up early. Like, what would the alcohol have added to that? And looking over the weekend, what could it have made better? It was such a good weekend. I don't think any anything added to it would have detracted from it. It's, it was that good. Like, you, you couldn't have been better. You wouldn't have laughed more. We laughed the entire time. You couldn't have had more serious conversations. We had incredible conversations. We went down the rabbit hole in so many areas. We spoke about, again, all the things that you're not allowed to talk about. You know, politics, sex, religion, parenting, being a man, leading others, starting business. Oh, my God. The things we spoke about, it's, I can't even list it all. Nor would I because that's for us and it's not really for you. But there was no booze. And I think that really highlights the notion that alcohol doesn't make everything better. And men aren't men because of the things they consume. You're not a man because you can handle your whiskey. You're an alcoholic because you can drink a bottle of whiskey. You know, like that, that doesn't add to you being a better man, husband, or father. You don't get cool points for that. You know, especially at, you're at 33, or I mean, I'm at 33. The other gents were a little older. You know, we've lived life. We, we've experienced the highs, the lows, everything in between. And now, you know, do what you got to do, do what you can handle. And they didn't bring booze. So I think it is a testament to the fact that you don't need alcohol to have fun. Some men need to hear that. Some men are listening to this and they're like, shut up. We get it. I know you get it. I'm going to keep talking about it. <laughs> I'm over six months sober. I'm going to keep shaking that in the air until I hit one year. After I hit one year, I'm probably going to be quiet until annual you know, reunions where two years, three years, four years. But for now, <laughs> it's like almost daily. I get it. It's annoying. It is what it is, though, and I'm having fun. So the next thing, the next topic, you know, after the alcohol is TV. There was no TV at this cabin. There was no football. There was no shows. There was no baseball. There was no nothing because there was no TV. There was no distraction. We got to just sit and have a conversation. We got There was nothing for us to look away from. We were going to smoke cigars, eat some food, shoot some guns, go hunting. That's what we were there for. We weren't there to be distracted by something. It was incredible. You actually got to sit and hear somebody speak. You actually had time to sit and listen without something distracting or calling your name to go somewhere else or do something else. I was really, really happy to see that the entire weekend, nobody was like, oh, what's the score of the game? Or, oh, what's going on? We didn't care. We were there to do something, to have a good time. We were, we were somewhat detached from the world, yet it made us more immersed in the world. The real world, though. The one that matters. The one you can touch and taste and smell. Having no distractions, no electronic flashes on a, a cube, that allowed us, that gave us that opportunity to connect with one another. Fully. I had 100% of their attention. They had 100% of mine. It was powerful. I think we need to bring that to our day-to-day lives. I think we need days where there are no distractions. Your phone is left at the house. Your TV's, you know, you don't turn it on for the day. You go for a ride. Cell phone free. Imagine that. Imagine going for a ride without your phone. Being gone from the house two or three hours. No phone. Could you do it? I don't know about everybody. I, I think there are a few who listen to that. Like, no, <laughs> not me. No way. I get it. I'm, I'm always I got something going on. People are messaging me. I'm coaching people. You know, I'm, I'm working with people, doing the podcast, writing on the blog. I mean, the list goes on. Look what I'm doing right now. It's 8.53 p.m. my time. And I'm out in my shed having this conversation with you because I can't get it out of my head. <laughs> like this stuff stays in my head. I'm like, all right, I got to vent it out. It's, it's interesting, though, 
that when I was up in that cabin, I had pre-staged some podcasts to be released. So they were, they were being released because I knew I wouldn't have service. And as they were being released, I did think about it, but I wasn't concerned at all. I was like, you know, it is what it is. It's going to release. I'm going to stay true to my challenge of the 31 and 31 days, but I'm not worried. Like I couldn't care. Like I'm here and I'm now, and I wasn't worried about my phone or all these other things that normally are pulling and calling my name. And that is something I'm going to bring to my, my life more. I'm going to start putting the phone away more. I'm going to do very uh, intentional time on the laptop. But how, how often are we just sitting there scrolling? You know, and let's be honest, I do it too. Like everybody does it. You're like, all right, I'm going to write this, this blog post. Well, I'm going to check Twitter and what's going on Instagram and my email. And let me play with this app and let me move some things around. What's crypto doing? Let me scroll around. Oh, crap. Write a blog post. You know, you're just, you do so many other things that you take so long. You know, I'm just, what I'm saying is I want to do more intentional time with electronics. And I recommend you do the same. Do the the phone free, do the TV free. Allow yourself to truly be in the moment. And that brings us to silence. It was so quiet that it was deafening. When we were hunting, we went to three different spots while we were out there. And I remember there was nothing. Literally, we were, it was my first time hunting, so I'm, I'm not going to be that guy to screw up. So I'm just sitting there, I'm like, I'm not going to make a noise. And you're just looking around and it's, you hear the call of the decoy, you hear a woodpecker, and that's it. That was five seconds of silence. Can you imagine sitting there for 10 minutes of silence? Like that, that, those five seconds, you know, that sounds like a lot. You know, that, that was like, man, even me doing it, I knew what I was doing. I'm like, man, that is so quiet. That's dead space. There's not supposed to be dead space. It's dead air. You can't do that. You know, you see all the shows and stuff when somebody's not on the radio, they're like, ah, you know, he's not talking. You got to talk. It, that's how our lives are. We go from talking to our spouse to talking to our kids, to talking to our friends, to looking at the TV, to talking to the computer, to talking to, talk, 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 constantly. Or somebody's talking to you. Listening to the radio, listening to the music, listening to a podcast, an audiobook, listening to somebody else speak. There's always noise. And when I was hunting, it was just me in the woods and no noise. And it was crazy. I was talking to one of my friends today and I was like, I felt like I was on mushrooms. I've never done mushrooms, but it's it's what I think it would be like. Like I, I started thinking about everything in my life. I started hearing that voice within and I was like, man. I, I am like evaluating my life deep right now. Who am I? Where do I want to be? Where do I want my business to be? What moves can I make? What am I overlooking? What are my weaknesses? How can I make them strengths? Imagine having, you know, what felt like an infinity to think about these things. That was me. <laughs> Again, back to the whole no alcohol needed, no TV needed. Like all these things I'm telling you, this played right into it, which is silence. Like, oh my God. Being quiet, <laughs> having your entire environment quiet is insane. It is nuts because you're just so used to noise that when you get rid of it all, you truly hear everything going on within you. You hear that voice and that voice is trying to tell you something. It told me several things and I've already acted on them and my life's already better based off that voice that just spoke to me in the silence. I've shared before. I truly believe that the voice of God is found in silence. And while I was out there and it was just dead quiet, I swear the thoughts I was having, you know, where I was going with that mentally, just looking at my life, where I want to go, what I want to do, 
my family appreciating what I already have, what I've already done. You know, I, I could see why, you know, people's spiritual journeys, they go out into the woods or into the desert. They just go away from all things because you learn so much. And just sitting there, you know, tired, cold, hungry, not complaining though, because I'm with a bunch of dudes and I'm not going to be that guy. But all those things I'm feeling, and I was so content and so happy. Like hunting, <laughs> it's so cool. I'm like such a nerd. You know, like you went hunting one time, now you can't shut up. I get it. You like talk shit if you want. But I mean, to me, it was it was awesome. It was way cooler than I, I, I want to say than I thought it would be. Like I thought it would be cool. But I mean, it was just way different too. It was cool in different ways, I guess. And that was really exciting. And it's something that is a testament to the fact that as men, we need to go out into the world and do things that make us uncomfortable. We need to go out into the world and we need to do things where we might not be too familiar. Learning new things. I mean, whether that's learning how to mountain bike down trails, dirt trails, or it's going hunting, you know, or it's learning how to dance, you know, or it's, you know, whatever it is, putting yourself into an environment where you're not in charge and comfortable, you learn a lot. And as we age, we miss those opportunities. Like my son and daughter played flag football this past summer. You know, my daughter does cheer. My son does baseball. Like they, they do these things frequently, these new things. And they go out like, oh, we signed them up for jujitsu. So they're doing jujitsu starting next week, you know, or later this week. And it's a new thing. As you get older, though, again, I'm 33 years old. Like I'm, a, I'm a, an adult. It's not common, really, for me to be in a position where I don't have a clue as to what's going on. Yet there I was, the new guy at the cabin. All the three other dudes there had all been hunting. I was the only one and it was so cool. (laughs) So I'll be doing it again. It was awesome. Lastly, though, and this is an important one, selfishness. Everything I've listed up to this point happened and I, I had all these insights and experiences because I was selfish, because I made myself a priority. Too many men are self-sacrificing their way to happiness. And I said this in a previous podcast. Too many men are trying to put themselves so far behind in the, the effort to place others so far ahead of themselves that they never do anything. And they find themselves living lives of nothingness. They don't have any stories. They don't have any new memories. They have nothing to tell you. How sad is it when you see a friend that you haven't seen in three years? What's new? Nothing. Oh, okay. Imagine being that dude's wife. You haven't had a new conversation in three years. That dude hasn't done a thing in three years. He's gone to work. He's gone home. Maybe maybe they went to a cookout. Whoopee. That's sad. That's, that's depressing. That's not a way to live. That's not something that's going to motivate you to take action. That's not something that's going to get you having purpose in life. You should be selfish with placing yourself first from time to time. You should make your life matter. You should make yourself an individual who will go out and do something for themselves. Buy yourself something that you think you deserve or want. Buy yourself something without the shame of, oh, I, I, I got myself this. And then you feel bad that you, you ended up buying something for yourself. That you got yourself a present. You got to stop shaming yourself for, for viewing yourself as being a person worthy of any sort of praise or, or gift. That's not okay. You're a man. And the only way to be a high value man is to place value in yourself. And that's by investing in yourself. All the things I told you, being able to have this this entire episode, 
which other people might listen to and it might change their perspective. That only happens if I go. And if I'm sitting there saying, well, I have every justification to stay home. My son has baseball practice and my daughter has cheer. So I can't. No, my family can get by without me from time to time. I've made them strong. I've instilled that grit in them. They'll make it through anything thrown their way. That's why as a father, I have my job to do, which is to lead them to that point. When you do your job as a man, the people around you are there to support you when you can go out and live your life as a man. Because I know my family's squared away, and I don't have a disaster of a wife who's going who's gonna to melt the house, and I don't have kids who are terrible who are going to drive my wife crazy, because I've got a solid wife and squared away kids, I can go on these trips and nothing happens. Things go, And if something does go south, they handle it like champs and like a team. But I have to invest in me because if I didn't, I kept kicking that can down the road of, oh, you know, I would have been 50 years old saying, oh, I've never been hunting. I'd have been 60 years old. No, I never did that. The FOE men that I went up there with, the one, I met one of them for the first time. We would have had that bond. Now we go and we talk and it's like we have inside jokes. We have all these memories together. You know, I'll be telling my grandkids about the story of the first time I went hunting. And it's going to include those men. I have a new milestone to talk about. When I came home, I got to tell my kids, hey, I did this. And hey, I did that. It was so cool. You know, and, and check out what I did. And they were so happy for me. You know, one of the men up there, we had a discussion. And he's like, you know, his kids are excited for him to be on that trip. You see, often we're like, oh, they don't want us to go. Or, oh, I wish you were home. No, they're like, go out and get it. When you raise a family where you want them to win, they want you to win. And man, listen to me. I am talking to you, whoever's on the other side of this message that's thinking like, oh, he's talking to me. I am talking to you. You deserve to win. Go do something for yourself. Whether that's investing in the fraternity of excellence and spending some money to join a group to accelerate your your development as a man, or it's going hunting and finding a group of friends saying, yeah, guys, I will join you this time, or I will go fishing with you, or I will go hiking with you this time. Go make time for yourself. That's what made you who you were when this whole thing started. The woman who married you likely did so because you had hobbies. You made yourself a priority and you're a man of value. Keep being that man. Show your children what right looks like. Sacrificing for happiness every single day is not a good life lived. Yet that's what you're passing to your son and your daughter. Especially your sons. They're young men. They're trying to find out what's a husband supposed to be. And you're showing them husbands are people who don't do anything once they get married. That's horrible. That's toxic. That's a terrible cycle that will continue unless you break it. And when you break it, tell your kids. Yeah, dad has to go. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you too. I got to go do this though. Got to do this for me. I'll come back. I have a bunch of stories. Maybe I'll get you something from a shop up there or whatever. But make yourself a priority. There's nothing selfish about being selfish with your time. There's nothing negative. No matter how much society wants to tell you that you're supposed to be happy, you know, happy wife, happy life, you know, do everything you can to make others happy. And like, no, that's garbage. They want you in a comfortable box. I want you uncomfortable. I want you out in the woods freezing, <laughs> sitting, sitting out there questioning your life choices in the middle of the frozen woods saying like, am I hallucinating right now or am I just really tired? Because that's awesome. That's a fun story. That's a true story. And that made me a better husband, a better father. And a better man. That is the conclusion of my hunting experience. It was fantastic. I'll be doing it again. But I really hope those who are listening to this and, and contemplating on whether you're in that category or whether it's been a little while since the last time you did something for yourself, make it happen. 
You know, make it happen this year. Preferably make it happen this month. Go do something. Go make a memory. Have something to talk to your wife about at the dinner table. Have a new story to, to share with your children. You know, you have to develop as individuals as much as you do as a marriage. Your wife should be going out and doing things as well. She should have something to talk to you about. You know, when I came home from this trip, my wife wasn't like, oh, the kids are horrible. I can't wait to, it's my turn to leave. I got home and she had cooked me my favorite meal of hers, which is buffalo chicken. And then she showed me the basement where she had reorganized the entire basement gym, painted the walls, decorated, and just made it look so good. You can find pictures on my Instagram, at Zach Small underscore, but it doesn't even do it justice. She really got after it, and I, I'm so happy. I mean, she's freaking awesome. So that was really cool surprise. But again, when we sat there, we both had something to say. She was happy to show me what she did while I was away, and I was happy to tell her what I did while we were away. And guess what? Happy husband, happy wife, happy home. We both were good. We're both doing well. We're both going to continue to develop as individuals, we're both going to continue to grow as a family because of it. And it's going to make all of us better. You need to do the same. This has been another episode on the Family Alpha Podcast. Thanks for listening. You can join our private men's only community at thefraternityofexcellence.com. And don't forget to find Zach on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at ZachSmall underscore.